Let's do it. It's another week. Good Movie Monday. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for listening. We're the weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. And my name is Glenn Cochran. My co-host is Ben Helwig. And back for her monthly co-co-hosting is Melzy Begg from the Melbourne Horror Film Society. Coming to us via Zoom. How are you? She's just going to be sitting in on this episode. Uh, (laughs) I'm here. I am here. No, not even there, but here. That's right. In the ether. And how are you this week, Mousy? Actually, yeah, I'm all right. All right. I'm all right. And you, Sir Benjamin? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. We're all doing all right. All right. All all we can ask for. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Haven't prepared any banter. We're doing all right. Oh, we're doing all right. I'm still half numb from uh, from some lovely uh, dental surgery, so uh, I'm feeling oh. good. The, the pain meds have not worn off. Very. Did nice. you get? Do you do the? Um, because I pay extra. Well, actually, <laughs> when I was still, I don't haven't really been getting it since I had to change dentists, but. I would pay the extra to have happy gas. Do you do that? <laughs> no, I wish they gave me no. But oh. they, the whatever they give me is is strong enough. I get them to give me a bite block, so oh. that you can't close your mouth, and then I fall asleep. Oh, oh <laughs> I literally take a nap because I don't feel a thing, oh. and they're chatting away about you know what they're doing that week and you oh know, my what's god going on with the things in the dental surgery, and I'm just. <laughs> I wish that was me. I always have to tell them that I require extra extra pain dabs like mm. yeah whatever you give me and they still it's still never enough and i'm like i can feel it i can feel it and then more oh it's horrific i remember i did that once i, I had an ingrown toenail and i got the oh. and i was watching it like they, they try and put up a little thing and i'm oh. like no i want to see it i don't care and uh the, i'm like no i can still feel he's like he's jabbing it in like he's jabbing the blade in there and he's like can you feel that i'm like well yeah i can feel it so he gives me some more of the anesthetic can you feel that well, like, yeah, like I can see you doing it. My foot's moving. So, yeah, I can feel it. Like, it doesn't particularly hurt, but I can feel it. Mm. So, by the end, he was just, he just kept, j- like, he must, it was like a pincushion. He just kept yeah. jabbing it into my toe. Yeah. And I'm like, look, look let's just, mm. let's just, just do what you got to do. So, about eight years ago, I was in, um, I was in, uh, um, not the, in Thailand and I stupidly went for a midnight swim and, um, I got coral in my middle finger. Ooh. And so, anyway, it hurt and everything. Got back to Australia. And then at like 4 a.m. one night, I woke up and my finger was like three times the size. Just horrific, like awful. I was flying out to America then to go and do um, some placement over there. And then so when I got back, anyway, I had to have surgery on my finger to get the coral out because it's a living organism. So that's why it was. Oh, you could turn into coral woman. It's like Last of Us. It was so bad. Anyway, so they cut my finger open to get it out and the anesthesiologist, because they told me I was going to be under, but I didn't end up being. And so the anesthesiologist was like, do you want to try this? Do you want to try that? And I'm like, yep. 
yep, yep. He's like, do you want to try what Michael Jackson was on? I'm like, yep, like load me up. Oh, I was having the best time <laughs> ever. And then after it, I was like chatting to everyone, just like, oh my God, I was like loving this hospital. And then I went home with mum and dad and then I was like, fucked for two weeks i was like <laughs> i was like oh okay yeah this was like, you should have just let a, it grow you could have been come one down of, the of epic proportions oh. natural wonder yeah <laughs> could have been in those that was that in world's most embarrassing bodies yeah you go like you know so the coral has just taken over my whole arm oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's grown i'm still feeling a bit numb too but that's from a good buggering i had before so. <laughs> We won't talk about that. But our website is goodmoviemonday.com where you can see photos of uh, said event. What's the point of getting numb? <laughs> no, it's from it. <laughs> from it. <laughs> it's a good one. Lost all sensation. So go to Good Movie Monday. You can find uh, goodmoviemonday.com. You can find everything we do. It's an archive of all our videos, every episode we've recorded, and all the bonus bits too. No, but I think the, the, the website you're talking about is goodmoviemondaybuggering.com. <laughs> Good buggering Monday. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I regret it. <laughs> it's, usually, it's usually I do the dirty jokes. So, uh, mm, that's true. <laughs> it just doesn't feel right, no. does it? Um, it's something of a horror week this week. Um, not only is Malzy Begg here from the Melbourne Horror Film Society, but our special guest is the cult horror director, Lucky McKee. If, if you are a fan of horror, you know who he is. He's the guy mm -hmm. that directed The Woman, uh, All Cheerleaders Must Die, and May, which you screened recently, Malzy. I sure did. And you liked that one, didn't you? Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's very cool. Absolutely love it. And everybody loved it. Like, I think pretty much nobody had seen it that came along to the screening and everybody walked away loving it. I think uh, Second Sight are just about to put out a Fancy Pants Blu-ray of it. Ooh. Yes, yes, they are. Yep. Well, he could have mentioned that when we talked to him. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if they ever even get in touch. Yeah, it's true. Like we do. I, I I screened. I I imported like a. I think it was a German copy of it or something to get like the best copy of it. And now, yeah, of course. now that happens. Yeah, that yeah flash right. forward and so yeah. keep listening because Ben and I are going to be picking his brain. And also, the regulars are up. Jarrett Garn is going to be talking about physical media in a few moments. And the Bonehead Weekly podcast with their exclusive fun size segment will be on a little bit later. But, Malzi, let's talk the Horror Film Society. What's been going on? What's happening? Well, um, hmm, good question. A lot, <laughs> a lot, but I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> Malzi has come well prepared. <laughs> I have been dealing with drama with a capital D, and so I've just like... Well, I do know that you recently screened Demons too, was it? Demons, Demons 2. 2, yes, yes. How that was that our go? last. Oh, it was so oh, so good. Everybody had such a good time. Yeah, I hadn't seen it before, so oh. And what was the other one? You had um one of your wild. one of your uh, members. Oh yes, yes. So Jack screened 13 Ghosts, the um That's the, right. the 2001 13 Ghosts, and I hadn't seen that since like you know, probably since it um uh, came to dvd or whatever back in the day so um oh it, that was i yeah everybody loved it it was such a good vibe in the room like we were all just like guffawing and just like <laughs> i was sitting out because we were completely full and um and so i was sitting on the steps next to like a row and this girl that was on the end of the row and i just kept sort of like you know gesturing <laughs> to each other and just kind of like looking at each other the guy ah, oh, that's so funny <laughs> I can't wait, yeah, to, it was I can't really wait fun. till you guys play The Mist and then there's a really horrible vibe in the room. Like at the end <laughs> of it, like it's such I a know. total downer. Actually, downer Jack, did, Jack did say that next time 
he was like, oh, if he gets a screening next time, but his screening went amazingly. So he is definitely getting another gig. Yeah. Um, he was saying that he he's wants to do that next time. Well, that's coming out completely in the new go, box set. It is, new yeah. Stephen King box oh, set. Oh, not that exactly, but he wants to go completely the opposite. Like a, like and a, Yeah, like a dark. Yeah. Yeah. Go like one dark. One that leaves everyone yeah. feeling bad at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Necromantic. Somebody did ask us. I'm not sure if I've said this on the pod before, but um, somebody did ask a while ago um if we ever play anything that's like not fun. Not fun yeah. <laughs> a necromantic think... ends on a ends on a money <laughs> shot. It certainly does. Bloody good one too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> there definitely have been a couple lately that have, have fit that bill, but I think um I think a lot of it was coming out of COVID and stuff. You know, mm, we just yeah. wanted to have fun, but and it's probably also because it's only David and I running it these days. Um, we're probably we probably skew more of the the fun yeah. horrors, but um, but that's why it's good that we're now getting some of our members to screen to be able to get different choices and different voices and stuff like that. And and it was just it was a it was a very big love fest in the room when Jack presented the other night. Like awesome. everybody just loved it. So it was nice to see. It was definitely a different, you know, a difference having somebody else up there. So, yeah, it was really nice. And, of course, we always give out that web address for people that want to look up the society and perhaps become members or attend a couple of screenings. Yeah, it is melbournehorrorfilmsociety.org. And so our next screening coming up is going to be Bone Tomahawk. Yes. Well, that's a big And so we have one of our members, <laughs> Michael. Well, I <clears throat> I haven't seen it, so yes. But yes, from what I've heard, I'm a little bit, I'm like. Oh, it's an up and downer for me because, like, I'm so thrilled when I'm watching it. Like, yeah. I don't care how dark it gets. I'm just on cloud nine watching that movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So that's on Tuesday, August 29th and at Long Play. And um, usually we would be having a screening this Saturday night at True North, but um, their chef got hit by a car on oh. his bike the other day, so has broken Ooh. his wrist. So they're closing at night time for the That's next very, few weeks. So. That's still pretty lucky. Pretty lucky to only have broken a wrist. Uh, it's his second time in like 18 months <laughs> or 12 oh. months that he's been in hospital after being hit by a car. The last time I think was a um, shoulder. Maybe it's time to give it up. Well, I mean, you and I would, cold, you and I would say, was it, our, was, it our, was it our wank hand? But he'd be like, is it his fry pan hand? Yeah. So the next screening there will be um, September 10th, Saturday, okay. September 10th. But we'll have, yeah, details to come. I'll be on before then. So. Ooh, wicked, wicked, wicked. Yeah. And actually, um, was it last week we had the Philippu brothers on the show who yes. talked to me and you mentioned to me in private that you recall <laughs> one of them actually attending the <laughs> Melbourne Horror Film Society yeah, screening. Yeah, together which um i haven't had time to sit there and stalk again restalk on <laughs> instagram because i did stalk the first time like after he came to the screening he was very very lovely is danny mm-hmm. and um and he had dinner with us beforehand and everything and um and i think he either commented or liked a post or whatever after the screening and um and i was like oh this guy's got a blue a blue tick. What's that on about? What's that about? And I just opened it up and I was like, and of course I'm saying it to the others who are like, what's a blue tick? I don't even understand what that is. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, un- unsurprisingly, nobody knew. Although I-, I did say it in the discord this week and Jack was like, oh my God, if I had been there, I would have fangirled. I'm like, yeah, we, none of us had any idea. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I just, I was just like, oh, okay. It's like YouTube stuff. I don't, I don't he's, know. He's now like one of the hottest horror directors in the fucking world. That movie broke ten million dollars on it. Very lovely, and he really he like he had a really good night. Like it was, yeah, it was really nice. And I'm still I'm still sitting here going, how the fuck do you get onto this Discord thing? (laughs) Yeah. 
What do, how, how do I get the? Can I get the link without having to talk to anyone? <laughs> is it just? Is it just on the site? Is that how I get the link? I don't know, but it's a good bit. It's a good bit. <laughs> good bit. It's. I hope people remember it because it was. It was like I think it was like a last year bit. Mm. I don't think Discord has come up since post COVID. <laughs> no, it has. So no, sure it, it has. has. It has. It has. Yeah. It has. Yeah. 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 It has. It has. Um. Yeah. No. Just message us for a on anything, any way that you can get in contact with us for a link to the Discord. Awesome. Now, yeah. Ben, you and I went to the movies last week and we saw Gran Turismo, which is opening this week in cinemas. Yes, we did. Let's um, let's have a little bit of a, a reaction to that because we won't be doing a video for that one. Love this movie. It was fantastic. It was great. This is the new Neil Blomkamp movie and mm-hmm. people going into it might be misled if they haven't seen the trailer to think that this is just an adaptation of the video game or simulator, mm. I should say. But it's not. It is the true story of a, a kid that um, was entered into a competition to actually race the real cars. I think Nissan initiated this contest you know, to do something to attract a people back to driving i didn't know there was a shortage of people driving mm. apparently apparently everyone's rich enough to take ubers everywhere now <laughs> and it's like it's a, it's a modern day days of thunder it's loud it's exciting yeah. it's thrilling i just loved it okay ben did too Ooh. he's nodding he's nodding, nodding, he's nodding. Head, good, I, I, good I can vouch for that nodding yeah, yeah. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> podcast. It, was good. it was great i thoroughly enjoyed it i had a great time uh you know hmm don't know what else to say, okay, really. Like it was really... <laughs> it was good. It you was know. Good. You're like that you person they put on camera outside a screening. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, it was really good. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, it's not it's not perfect. So I've got, I've got like a lot of little... You got reservations. Like, no, not reservations, but just like little kind of whingy bits that I'd be like, what about this bit? And what was this bit about? This bit? And who was that? Which are completely irrelevant to actually how good it was. <laughs> it's all stuff that, you know, that's just... Fair enough. You do with even movies that you love. You're like, oh, I loved it, but what was that bit? Why'd they do that? <laughs> Why'd they kill that guy? Who was that guy? Well, you know what says a lot is that when this movie finished, we sat there for a good five minutes talking about it quite enthusiastically, whereas yep. usually we're at that fucking cinema before anybody yeah. else. So I think that That's in a itself, good sign. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What yep. might excite you a bit more is I also watched My Mother as a Werewolf last week. So <laughs> I thought, you know, I thought of you when I watched that. Yeah. Great poster, hairy legs. No? Don't want to commentate on that? No. Okay. I watched it. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> Newsly is the super app that you should be listening to Good Movie Monday on every single week. Not only does it have all the podcasts from around the world, but it also has all of the news from over 80 different countries and it puts it into your phone and reads the stories back to you in a natural human voice. It's very handy for times when you can't possibly read you might be driving and you might be jogging i don't know what it is you freaks do whatever it is newsly has you covered go to newsly.me download it now and if you want a whole month of their premium service which gets you a whole lot of other stuff then we've got you covered there use the code monday without the o m n d a y newsly.me download it use the code get it on with the show Drop what you're doing and pay attention because Jarrett's here unless what you're doing is, of course, listening to us, in which case keep doing it. Hi, mate. Do not pause. Good. Good. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good, mate. Good. Excellent. Well, it's good to be back with you this week. Uh, last week, obviously, I was reporting remotely from Queensland. And uh, I know that technically <laughs> during Daylight Savings, they're an hour behind, but it appears that I was a week ahead 
when I was in Queensland because I, <laughs> I told everybody that Guardians was coming out last week or this. Yeah, and now it's actually this week. So now we can actually commiserate the loss Excellent. of Disney as a physical uh, re- uh, distributor locally. But can it. I say that just looking at, your, looking at your complexion there, it doesn't look like you've been in Queensland at all, mate. I know. I spent a lot of time indoors. Yeah, I know. I Go figure. I would have loved to have been outside, but my sister held me captive playing Switch most of the time. God oh, bless nice. her. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, she has a lot of those Switch games that are like 50 games in one. And so she can always go, come on, just one more game. And I'm like, I think we've played 47 of them. But she has multiple <laughs> of those. So I think I probably played close to 300 games over the course of a few days of staying at her place. But yeah, Wasn't so there, back. Didn't you put, a, didn't you put like a, a monitorium on what you're allowed to watch? Yeah, we what watched one. Like, here's the thing: I stayed at my mum's for a few days, so I watched a few <laughs> screeners for Monster Fest. Uh, I tried to choose ones that would be to her sensibilities, nothing too outrageous. And then when it came time to watch something at my sister's place, I looked through the list and I would, would read the synopsis to her, and she's like, "No, no, no." <laughs> then when we'd agree upon one. I'd get it ready and either the you know the screener had expired or required a password <laughs> I didn't have. And then ultimately we we settled on one and in 15 minutes she said to me, no, I don't know, can you choose another one? I said, well, not really. This is the last one and I'm sort of invested. It's That's right. We, we've started. And so we, we saw it through and thankfully it was a really bizarre movie. So I enjoyed it and I think she enjoyed elements of it. I think every now and again, she would say, was that? And I go, yep, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> Three-legged dog. But um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it was good times. But of course, yes, I did uh, reveal that Guardians was coming out last week. It's out this week. I've mm-hmm. already spoken about it. But I will tell you about some other titles that are coming out this week. And unfortunately, they are on the inferior format. They are in SD <laughs> and they are only on DVD. And as far as I know, they don't actually have any special features on them. So <laughs> go figure. But anyway, Umbrella Entertainment are releasing uh, Malum. I think that's mm-hmm. how it's pronounced, which is like a redo of Last Shift, which we released at Monster Pictures back in the day. This one's a slightly bigger budgeted exercise, but sadly, it seems to have it got pretty reasonable reviews. And it just premiered like maybe two months ago, but it's been rushed to vod overseas so subsequently umbrellas rushed it to dvd here got a very dark uh, sinister cover doesn't it it totally does it's sort of reminiscent i don't know it kind of looks like um that dark what's his name dark lord sith what's that guy from that was dark 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 maul yes from the star wars phantom menace the one that everyone was excited to see and then he he gets (laughs) cut down like in a matter of minutes you're like what the fuck (laughs) anyway uh that one's coming out on home entertainment and then of course lucky mckee's old man is coming out which i watched last year because we were looking at programming it for the festival i think when maybe another distributor was attached at the time uh and it's a terrific film and i understand that you're speaking with lucky on this podcast yeah well he's on this episode and um on thursday night the video of that conversation will drop onto the socials too so check it out people looking forward to having a listen to old lucky mckee so that's it in terms of umbrella but there is one other distributor that's putting something out on home entertainment this week and again it's on that filthy format dvd it is the flood which i have not seen but i'm very keen to see because it sounds like bait 3d you know where you had the shark in the supermarket this time you've got like alligators in a jailhouse so Mm -hmm. yeah it sounds like a bit of fun no doubt the cgi is going to be pretty hokey but i'm in for the premise so i'll definitely check it out 
you know that movie's going to be fantastic when the headlining cast are Casper Van Dien and Australia's <laughs> yes. own Nicky Whelan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. When I put the article together for the Monster Fest site, I think they had maybe Starship Troopers after Casper Van Dien. I was like, no. <laughs> No, Mad Heidi. That's the movie. We're gonna hyperlink that. Buy a copy. Not Starship Troopers uh, three. No. Yeah. Was that the Marauders or something like that? Something like oh, that. Oh God. Yeah. And yeah. Before yeah. you Anyways, move on. Before no, you move yes. on. What behind you for the benefit of people watching the video of this? What format are we looking at on those shelves? That's the filthy DVD. Yeah, I was going to say you've got that as your backdrop. It, it, it does get smaller by the week <laughs> as something slowly makes its way to Blu-ray or DVD. For instance, I um I just updated Netherworld, um, ah, which nice. is a terrific film directed by David Schmaller, who directed I love all those Tourist Trap. Love all those full covers. moon, yeah, yeah, the moon. And it's full yeah, moon great art. Artwork's infinitely better than the film, let's face it. But it's still a pretty cool film. But yeah, just upgraded to Blu-ray. So that one's going on the stack of things to sell on eBay. But not everything. Like, I was looking at something the other day on the shelf. I can't remember what it was. And I was like, you know, it's just got released on Blu-ray. And I was thinking, you know, yeah, I should upgrade that. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't think I've watched this DVD for a decade. And am I really going to watch the Blu-ray instantly? I, I would file it away instantly because I've seen it and clearly I wanted it. It won't go in the cupboard of shame. But yeah, the DVD section, you know, I'd say at least at least about half half of those titles are titles that have not made it to high def yet, you know, on a physical format. But yeah, like and then there's excuses. some films that you just would never, <laughs> like, I mean, uh, I probably never upgrade Dr. Doolittle 1 and 2 to Blu-ray. <laughs> I mean, I love them because Norm MacDonald voices the dog and they're actually pretty good films, but I don't really need them in high definition. And admittedly, again, I have not watched them for over a decade. Yeah, my... And I obviously felt compelled to import <laughs> Dr. Doolittle 2 when it came out. <laughs> not sure why. I knew like that was going to get a local release. But admittedly, in this day and age, it wouldn't because it's 20th Century Fox, which is, you know, proprietary of uh, Disney. And like I said last week, they're not releasing any more physical uh, titles in the local marketplace. But I did notice that Sanity have started listing pre-orders for the US releases of upcoming Disney titles, like the live action Little Mermaid. So I imagine we'll see, you know, them list Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny as well. So I wonder if other retailers will follow suit and start stocking import copies. And if they do, where does it begin and end? Does it mean that they'll start importing titles that say boutique labels are doing over here? And, you know, and what kind of, how's that going to be for the local market? It kind of goes back to those parallel importing days of mm. CDs and when that kind of became a big thing in the 90s. So, yeah, I'm curious to see how that'll sort of go. And plus the price points are quite expensive. Like the Blu-ray alone is listed at about $58. And we know that if you wait, probably a week of release you'll probably pick it up on amazon for maybe 40 45 so mm. it's a dangerous field to play in because obviously they're not going to get those buys that amazon would get so yeah but it'll be interesting how it transpires uh but i do have some news and this one is hot off the press i'm really excited ben you're going to be excited the wicker man is going to get released on 4k in australia it's definitely happening and it's happening october 11th the same date as i mentioned a couple of weeks ago for Ghost Dog, Cutthroat Islands, U571, and a couple other titles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's going to happen locally, which is interesting, given that Studio Canal have sub-licensed the film to Imprint, who put out that really flash box set. So obviously they've kept the 4K rights aside, and they're going to do their own 4K release. I'm not 100% sure, but I think they may have just limited to the number of units. 
It's true, yeah, because they haven't they done a standard been... edition yet. True, yeah. and it is completely sold out and going for an absolute fortune on eBay. And I can't yeah. tell you whether or not the local release is going to have any additional discs. It could very well be a single disc release with, say, just the final cut or the theatrical or whatever cut they're deciding to put on it. Because that Studio Canal be have, have paired back. They're not doing they're not doing any of those deluxe. No, none of those deluxe stuff that we see in the UK. And typically we're only getting one disc, like with Brotherhood of the Wolf. So we only got the director's cut, not the theatrical. So if you're only after, you know, maybe one cut of the movie or none of the special features, it's going to be fine. And it's going to retail probably for around 25 to $30. But of course, yes, the Fancy Pants UK box set is the one I'll be picking up because I want, <laughs> I want it all. I want it all, even the, you know, yeah. Edition, I played the soundtrack, funnily enough, by coincidence on vinyl. And I've got it twice. I've got the vinyl the yeah. watch two different releases of it the songs are exactly the same i mean on vinyl you've got two lps of it oh yeah, man and you've got the cd covers. of it as well inside and the, the imprint CD, box yeah. set and it's on <laughs> it's it's on spotify i can listen to the music for free of course it sounds like you need to uh quadruple dip and get another copy of the wicker man i can't guarantee it's going to come with the soundtrack but there'll be at least actually there's going to be that summer isle documentary which i'm really keen to check out which as far as i know is still in post-production so that's going to be an exciting addition to this release mm. but anyway other news in terms of another release that's hitting home entertainment that i'm kind of excited about hasn't even opened theatrically yet in fact it opens theatrically august 17th bit of a scoop on the release date november 22nd strays is coming out on ah. blu-ray and dvd nice. and this has got to be one of my most anticipated films of the year <laughs> Like and the latest trailer that dropped that had Dennis Quaid pop up in it. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's like, you know, that's some, what is it? Some strange shit. And I'm Dennis Quaid and I've seen some strange shit. <laughs> yeah. like that. I, was so, I mean, the fact that you're putting Dennis Quaid in, it's great because he's obviously been in all those A Dog's Purpose, A Dog's Life and Doing whatever the other one was. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yes. There was one on Amazon recently. Yeah. had a great poster and then I watched the trailer and I was a bit like, I was really. I love Dennis Quaid, to, but not that much. I was looking forward to doing a round table with the cast of this, but now the strike has happened. I it all oh, fell to shit. Yeah, that would have been phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, well, oh man. The funny yeah. thing is, I, I'm pretty sure, and Glenn, you would need to put in character and just pretend to be the dogs and get away with it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry. I feel sorry for Bill Burr. He's just directed a new movie, first one he's ever directed, and he's not allowed to talk about it. Oh God! Yeah, he's popping right. up on podcasts and he he refuses to utter a word about it. So like... did he write and direct it? Yep. Well, yep. Yeah, technically, he could talk about it as a director. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, he's, he's a union he man. That's, that's the workaround. How's <laughs> no, Sarah Silverman coming out and you know bemoaning uh, independent productions and you know I got offered an indie movie and I've refused it because we've got a solidarity. Stay strong. No. And listen, I'm like. Fuck off, you haven't done a mainstream movie since 2018, and that was voicing, you know, a character in an animated sequel to a better film. But also, you know, indie and, film and... is the antithesis of the Hollywood. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like, it's no sense. I know, I'm just like, come on. We need this to happen. We need yeah. indie productions. We need these movies to go back into theatres and fill that void what where the mainstream movies went. No, I've had enough. Yeah. I had a massive crush on her back in the day, and I think she was hilarious. But uh, in the last few years, I feel like she's completely outspoken about anything because she just wants to stay relevant. Yeah. And it's really disappointing because she was a really funny comic. But yeah, lately, I just feel like she's trying to get a name in the headlines, mm. which mm. is a damn shame. Ben, what were, yeah. you, what were you saying before I cut you off? Uh, Me or Ben? Oh, Ben. 
of that group of trailers when Strays first kind of dropped at the cinema, I think there was that um, there was that uh, what was that the Indian Bride movie where they're all martial artists? Or yes, that? you went and saw that, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah polite society. Remember. Polite society. polite society there was a, there was a couple of other films that like was super i was super excited said this is the last one yeah of that batch yeah you're right now i think i think we were all at that screening whatever movie that was a universal yeah. release it was probably the last time i left the house that wasn't for queensland last time i went to a screening that's right but you yeah, were up in right. the nosebleed yeah. section that's right <laughs> oh, yeah i had a beautiful view you guys were in the imax <laughs> seats down there <laughs> oh, shit. anyway gentlemen that's all the news and all the releases that are coming out this week i hope to bring you some good news next week awesome all right mate see you then take care all right so usually hmm. now is the time yep where we play the movie marathon game well of the last three weeks <laughs> yeah but <laughs> i decided oh no I don't want to do that. <laughs> what? Which is great because I know, Glenn, you like to prepare for the show. Melzy usually, usually <laughs> over-prepare for the show. He's being a son of a bitch. <laughs> and like usually at the start of the show, you like to throw me under the bus with a yeah, bunch of stuff that... I was about that to say, he's, under, he's totally understanding the thrill <laughs> of damage. throwing people off. Was that emotional damage? Yeah. <laughs> collateral damage to get you back. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, this is, it's actually easier. I don't think this is going to be a problem for either of you. It was going to be a lot harder, mm. but in my typical unpreparedness, I was like, that's eh, too much work. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I didn't even come up with a... Almost uh, threw yourself under the bus. I was going to have a really good, uh, uh, like, jingle to go along with it. <laughs> and that every time I say the name of the segment, the jingle would play. But... Uh, Can you sing the jingle? I'm just going to have to sing it. Okay, cool. <laughs> so this game is called... Video store recommendations. Video store recommendations. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. <laughs> now, both Glenn, and, both Glenn and I have worked in a video store. Melzi, you've worked for Channel 9 riding the weather, so close enough. <laughs> close enough to work at a video store. So I did for a little bit. I did for, I volunteered for a little bit just before, yeah. So that's how you get into places. I never knew. I had to have a friend who worked there and who just decided not to show up one day and then literally said, come in and just sit behind the counter because <laughs> I'm not going to be there. That's how I got the job there. <laughs> I never knew how to get a job at a video store. But every day at the video store, people would come in and ask you for recommendations. Mm. So I've come up with a couple of scenarios for each of you <laughs> oh my God. where you have to recommend a film. Now, these aren't. You know, these could have been a lot worse. <laughs> and initially they were oh going to be a lot worse. These are, these are kind of nice and simple ones for you. This has got me nervous because, Melzi, you've heard me say on the show, I believe, or one of the videos that in regular conversation, I'm quite good at this, but yes. you put me under the put pressure the and I, nothing fucking yeah. comes. Nothing comes. And yeah. In fact, I think I say it nearly every week. They're, um, these are pretty simple. All so right. and, and, like, you guys are just going to have to think of stuff on the fly for me if you can't even be bothered. You don't have to. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So I'll start with you, Glenn. All right. Kick it in. Mm -hmm. So a man comes into the video store mm -hmm. who loves the earnest films, <laughs> but he's seen them all. Right. Recommend a new comedy for him. Well, I would definitely go down the Pee-wee's Big Adventure line. <laughs> and rest in peace, Paul Rubens. Would you have done that had Paul Rubens not just passed away? Absolutely, because Ernest and and um and Pee-wee were the like they were rivals at the time. Right. But very very similar. Their TV shows were very similar. Was Jim Varney a member of the Groundlings and stuff with them? Was no, he, he was from the... a Kentucky theatre group, but an actual theatre group, not a not right. an improv. Mind you, he was a stand up comedian. Anyway, I'd go down the Pee Wee Herman route, 
And from there, I would probably also say, if you like Ernest Goes to Camp, go for the meatballs. Definitely, maybe meatballs too, because Paul Rubens in meatballs too. So we're playing Six Degrees now. <laughs> you're really, you're really working that Paul Rubens. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how many, how much money has this guy got to spend? I mean, are we giving him the one-year release and three weeklies? Or are we giving him the five <laughs> weeklies? Oh, what? Uh, yeah, like no, five weeklies for five dollars okay. is the only, the only uh, <laughs> deal I would uh, ever entertain. <laughs> Okay, so I would definitely do the two Pee Wee movies. I think they're all right. and then meatballs. I could just do all the meatballs if I want to make five. all the meatballs. Um, a couple of porkies. No, no, no. I'd probably also do in the army now the Paulie Shaw movie. Classic, because that feels very much like Ernest in the army. Yeah. Um, and then I'd go like Mike the the movie with that little Nathan Lipnitsky or whatever his name is from Jesus Jerry Maguire because we did Slam Dunk Ernest and that's a very similar premise the magic shoes that make you fly I don't think anyone's said the name Jonathan Lipnitsky out loud well that's what makes since, us unique mate <laughs> since Jerry Maguire I wish I could remember the quote from the movie I would do it do it you do it yeah that hits five that's uh, that's yeah fantastic. Mm. All right, Melzy. Oh, I'm so nervous. You should. Be, this should be right up your alley, actually. This first one, <laughs> although the kid is a bit old. The kid. The kid is a bit old. So a ten-year-old okay. comes into the video store who is uh, curious about horror films and wants mm-hmm. some that are full of blood and guts. What do you recommend? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Super gory, yet appropriate. Like you, your goal here is to avoid his parents calling up afterwards and complaining that you've, <laughs> I can't you've terrified them. Yeah. This was a weekly conversation I would have in yeah. the video store. Do you know I'm completely inappropriate though? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fine. Right. Just, just, throw, just a, do it. Gory yeah. movies in the air. Oh. How so about they've, Saw? They've never watched any horror movies, so you can go anywhere with this. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Gremlins are a good start. You got the microwave scene. With oh the yeah, Gremlins. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, um, like any of those Kinder ones, like The Gate. Mm. Or, I've never uh, seen The Gate. You've never seen The Gate, mate. You you've got to screen that. You've got to screen yeah. that. Yeah, put oh, that on you it. You know, like um, yeah. and I, I, I don't think that it would be full of um blood and gore. But one of the things that I remember watching, although I was a bit younger than that, and I've been wanting to get a copy of it, um, something wicked this way comes. Fuck yes. Yeah. yeah. Scary. Um, <clears throat> so scary. So, so, though, so scary. Would, it, would, it, would a kid these days have the attention span no. for something No, like not at all. Yeah, at all. No, no, I don't think no. so. Um, Even mm. for the gates, they probably wouldn't have the attention span. Like yeah. if it's not straight into the fucking action. Yeah. And if it's oh, not geez. CGI, if it's practical, they're like, what the fuck's that? Um, That bloody, um, that screened at MonsterFest last year, that alien, alien, kids versus aliens. Kids versus aliens, yeah. That what, was yeah, awesome. That was that was so good, um, and and short as well, which is always a bloody, always a yeah. winner. That was um, the good thing about Gran Turismo, which yeah. I forgot to mention. It was a pleasure to be in a ninety-minute film. No, no, it? it was oh, two hours and fifteen was minutes. It, it was, was just it? that good. It flew. Fuck, oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really that, that's a, another great sign. Another great sign. Um, uh, what else? Um, 
Help me, help me out. You need to have um, a collection of movies behind you. I really do. I really do. And because like I've got my uh, list open of the movies that we were going to be talking about. So <laughs> that we were going to be talking about. And none of that really um none of that yeah, none of she that. She probably really... wasted a whole night that she could have been watching. <laughs> no, I actually I actually went to the mind hive of back to the Discord again because I fucking <laughs> I was like oh. and that's exactly what I need to be doing right now. Now I need to be texting on the side going, fucking yeah, somebody give me this. If only I it was mean, a live show. If only it was live. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them I was like, no, no, no. But and then I was like. <laughs> what about um, like World War Z? Because that's not quite oh, gratuitous, yeah, but yes, it's yes, yes. It's fast. Yeah. yeah, good one. <laughs> so that, that movie, that so 20 movie. 20 Days is- Later would also do the job. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, World War Z, I think it is longer than what you think it is, though, isn't it? It's, it's another one. I think that's back that's in the day. Two yeah, hours I think plus. it is. Area, was it? No, 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 okay. no, no. It can be. Mm. Um, all right, but I mean, you've like that's enough. You've 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 thrown out a couple of couple of winners. Yeah, because the kids yourself. have to take home a suitable couple of suitable ones to please mum. Yeah, that's, See, right. you, that's what, you, what you do. You put the horrors underneath those two. Well, so when it was me and my sister, we it was always it was two each, mm. and mum got one. And so you you pick your two, and then me and my sister would compete. We try to convince my mum to buy it, to, to borrow one that we wanted. Yep. What about um, Return of the Living Dead? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. What kid would what kid wouldn't love uh, Return Banger. of the Living Dead? That's right. Banger. Army in, of, in, Army's in, of Darkness. In so many ways. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 Army. So many yeah. Good ones. All right. Now it's Ben's turn. Oh okay. All righty. So yeah. someone just come into the video store. Yeah. And they just recently saw a. Uh, stand-up special of Lee Evans and they want to know what some movies Lee Evans has done that would make a good uh, movie marathon. Well, they got to watch There's Something About Mary. Okay. That's the first one. Classic. Classic. Uh, and that's about all I can think of with Lee Evans. <laughs> you gotta, come on, you got to think off the top of your... Just, uh, like, well, if you like Lee Evans, mm. then you'll probably like <laughs> Adam Sandler. <laughs> so you're not going to go down the, the mouse hunt... Route. No, I've no freeze frame. The thriller he did. No, okay. So, like I said, I don't know any. I'd be, I'd be honest. I'd be like, it's <laughs> like I think I've got, I've got this something about Mary, but uh, that's about it. You'd probably put him in, in the, the direction store. of better stand-up comedians. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, you, you had, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, here's Jury Judy. <laughs> here's Biodome. Like you mm. like Paulie Shaw. You love Paulie Shaw, so here's Biodome. You like Adam Sandler, so here's uh, Happy Gilmore. Mm, okay, so you're telling them what they like. I'm saying you would like. Yeah. Okay. That's how it worked at my video store. Is that how it worked with yours? Uh, that's why they're asking my opinion. I'm, I was the I was the video, I was the videologist. I'd be like, you're taking these, and you would take what you get. We had one. I remember I had one time. My sister. At one point, my sister started working at the video store. When I, I ended up, I got a job at Borders, so I couldn't do all the shit. Mm-hmm. So she came in and 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 worked there for a bit. And I was there one day and I was, I can't even remember what the film was, but I was watching it in the store. It was on the TV. And this woman came in and she's like, oh, what's that? And I was halfway through it. And I was like, oh, it's, you know, and she goes, can I borrow that? I'm like, fucking son of a bitch. Sure. Because <laughs> we only had the one copy. So I had to stop, rewind it and, and lend it out to her. And I didn't, never got to see the rest of the film. Then she came back the next day when my sister was on, who was new. Mm. And was like, yeah, I didn't like it. Can I get my money back? <laughs> and we're like, you fucking, it's not like we, it's not like I recommended or forced you to take it. Yeah. You saw it on the TV and took it. That's your own. I mean, there's no refunds for on. disliking things. 
Yeah. No. They, they, wanted, they wanted it all the time. I don't know if you guys had... We had a code on the computer. Oh, yeah. Customers were, were a bit... Uh, we had many. You know, had... You know, <laughs> and then they would... They, they, if, they, if that was on their name, then they wouldn't get letter fines. And you wouldn't... Uh, yeah, would, no favours would get done. And she immediately went onto that list. There was an entire <laughs> language... The video stores used in the me- when you brought up a member's account, it had like a message screen where you could leave notes, and there were so many like we had codes for this guy's an absolute cunt, and this one, this, <laughs> this guy's lovely, or this lady's lovely, do her a few, you know, a few favors and all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, but more often than not, it was like this guy yeah. will argue with you, <laughs> he'll try to get out of everything. Oh, here we go. <laughs> what are we doing now? I've got uh, IMDb up, so now I can, uh. <laughs> Uh, the Fifth Element, that'd be good for Lee Evans. He's in it for a bit. The Medallion with Jackie Chan and Claire Fulani. Oh, so that's how it works at the video store. Let me look it up for you. Yeah, fucking oath it did. But back then it was, uh, I had Cinemania on CD. Oh, and also that big fat book directory, remember yeah. that? Oh, geez, that was good times. Yeah. But they never, no one ever, ever came in and go and said, I'm a big fan of Lee Evans. What other <laughs> Lee Evans films have you got? <laughs> Never happened, my friend. Mm, all right. Uh, What's my next scenario? Your next one? Yep. Okay. A uni student comes in looking for a film from the classic Hollywood period they can write a thesis on. Oh, fucking hell. What do you recommend? <laughs> staples. S- stay away from the obvious ones. Oh. oh. <laughs> like, no. Well, if I was writing. No a Citizen th- Kane. If I was writing a thesis, I would go for the obvious ones. Okay. But everyone's going to do those. When you say classic years of Hollywood, what? I just mean the anywhere from the 30s to the 50s. Oh, okay. Maybe the 60s. All right, good. That's better. Um, <laughs> I'd go Easy Rider. I think mm. Easy Rider is... Is that in the 60s or in the 70s? I think it's the 60s. It was Flower Power. Yeah, right. Because I think that is a snapshot of America at the time. There's a lot that you can... You can write on. ...deduce from it. Um, yeah. I would probably <laughs> also go for... But that's kind of... That actually... That movie is kind of the, the, the movie that signaled the end of the classic Hollywood. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, so it's, the new yeah. wave came along after yeah. that. So it's got a lot yeah. you can talk about with that one. It's quite important. Uh, then I would probably do, you say don't go for the obvious, but I want to. But I'd probably, <laughs> no, I'd probably do, um, well, what's the one that uh, Griffiths did after Birth of a Nation? Was it Intolerance? I think it's Intolerance. I'd go Intolerance because it was him trying to make amends for... For Birth of a Nation. For Birth of a Nation. And I think mm. there's a lot you can take out of that. Like Birth of a Nation considered a very, very racist film. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, is a very racist film. Mm. And it caught criticism even at that time. And he made just, Intolerance as yeah. a reaction to that. I'm just glad you're not like, oh, and Song of the, uh, Birth of a Nation, Song of the South. I <laughs> 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 mentioned one Uncle, fucking movie. Uncle Tom's Cabin. <laughs> Uh, return to Uncle Tom's Cabin. That you could write about. See, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is what's wrong with the world. You say one thing and then they fucking <laughs> amplify it, blow it out of proportion, but I think there's a lot to say about uh, that it, film. Uh, was it a couple of, you know, was it Lenny Reifenstahl's? I'll be honest with you. I was going to say Birth of a Nation, but I is thought, Birth no, of, I'll get is the Birth of a Nation. That, so. Is Birth of a Nation a Hollywood film? Yeah, totally. Was it a, was yeah. it a studio film? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean... Semantics. <laughs> yeah. You can write about it. Um, what else? I'd probably actually I'm gonna go with Gone with the Wind and Wizard of Oz because of their connection and the story that could be told there. Okay. So how many more have I got to go? I think you well, you've I think you've got 
You've okay. got four or five there. I think you've... Yeah. Excellent. Moving well, on. Um, what thesis was it? What, um, yeah, what's, was it? what's the thesis you're going to write on the, on uh, on uh, Wizard of the Oz and uh, Wizard of the Oz? Uh, okay. Wizard of the Oz. I don't know. Flying monkeys and the parables between... <laughs> the parable between flying monkeys and communism? And no, one man, communism. one man, two movies. One man, two movies. My, um, my, my, well, on that note, my, um, honours thesis was female desire and sexuality in the erotic thriller. Oh, nice. Right? That was a very fun thesis. I remember tonight. jerking off to that. I did. I did a lot of research. <laughs> Leave those ones to me, Glenn. They just don't <laughs> land right when you do it. <laughs> uh. All right, Melzy. Yeah. Three stoners come into the shop looking for something weird to watch. <laughs> what do you recommend? Oh, my God. I'm going blank. Um, well, what the fuck was my WTAF um, movie marathon? <laughs> <laughs> Blood Diner. <laughs> nice. Definitely. Definitely a good one. Um, that cue you the um, munchies. <laughs> you can play munchies and munchies too. Having a mental blank. <laughs> and um, shunting, and shunting. What, oh, the society. The society. Yeah, society. Fuck, that would fuck you up if you were. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember what the others were. Uh, is it? Um, my sister is a werewolf. Um, <laughs> my stepmother. What is it? My mum is a werewolf. My mum is a werewolf. My stepmother no, no, is an no. alien. Yeah. My mum um, is a werewolf. No, it's um part two of something. The Howling Three, the marsupials. <laughs> it is howling. It's Howling Two. It's howling Two. Yeah, Howling Two. Yeah, yeah. my sister is a werewolf. That, a werewolf. Yeah. My yeah. sister yeah. is a werewolf. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just to go really fucking like left. Um, I love, dude. Where's my car? <laughs> yeah. What a fucking like, classic! It is an absolute I, classic. I, I, dude, that, what I, does mine say? <laughs> I've I was showing Ruben that video recently <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube. Awesome. What does mine say? Dude, Dude, what does mine say? What? Awesome. Uh, what does mine say? And then. <laughs> <laughs> and they're driving that's through that's the um the Chinese. The Chinese takeaway. Yeah. That, yeah. What's your life? And then, and then, <laughs> I, um, I've watched that Indeed. more than any other movie. Like we, a friend that I worked at McDonald's with and I, this one summer, we watched it 60 something times. <laughs> Did you do it through the drive-thru? Did you just give like? Did you do the and then through the? I think we yeah we had jokes. About Who was it that directed that? Because he then did Harold and Kumar. Like, but he didn't really back up a career full of those movies, did he? Like, I, I can't. Yeah, I don't even know. I'm not sure. But that is a good movie to back up. Dude, where's my car? With okay. yeah, Harold and Kumar. Harold and Kumar. What yeah, a double yeah. feature that is. Yeah. And then and then you can go to Van Wilder. <laughs> well, there's three of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the first one's the main one. Yeah. The, the 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 ones where it becomes Kuma and they go to the UK. <laughs> yeah, that's number two, and then Freshman is number <laughs> three. A, yeah, it's a prequel. There's <laughs> no there's no bulldog with giant don't, You don't really get those sort of movies anymore. No, well, politically incorrect, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah, remember? Yeah. Amer- I mean, American Pie was the throwback to the 80s teen sex comedy. Yeah. Like, that was it at the time. And now you'd never get away with it. No, well, the last yeah. American Pie they made was the role reversal. It was all the girls. Yeah. Yeah, trying to bang. Because <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, of all those DTV sequels, there's probably one of the better ones too. Yeah. Like the quality came back to it. Alrighty, <laughs> so that's uh, we're back to you for your final one. Yeah. All right, a couple of people have come into the video store. 
and they want to Please watch. leave. We're closing in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the vacuum. Can't I've got you the, see? Can't you see? <laughs> Do I have to flick? Don't make me flick on the lights. Oh, no, but we'd be really quick, all right? Yeah. So <laughs> what we want is um, a marathon of movies that are about someone that's home alone. <laughs> well, funny you should mention that. Well, <laughs> well, not just home alone. I'd, I'd recommend... Don't tell mum the babysitter's dead. Okay. Well, they're all alone, aren't they? <laughs> they're all alone. Or without the, the, supervision. They're without supervision. Like the unaccompanied minors. I mean, yeah. Hmm. I could do, I mean, you could, you can't go past Home Alone. <laughs> That's the cop out. That's the cop out <laughs> answer. You can't name the classics. <laughs> That's, uh... They were the first two on my list, Home Alone, Home Alone 2. Uh, <laughs> There's five of those. And then I was like, Discord, help me. There's actually six of those now. Uh, yeah, but I've only seen the first. <laughs> <laughs> you could go with... Uh, well, the gate. The gate is a great one. <laughs> yes. Home alone. Don't breathe. Another great one. Yeah, I thought of that one too. <laughs> uh, White settlers that we released. That's actually not too bad with Pollyanna McIntosh. The offspring. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah. Trapped in the house. Yep. Yeah, you know, when a stranger calls. Either either the original, or the remake. The first Perfect. twenty minutes. Anyone would think he has a list. Yeah. It's like I prepared these earlier. <laughs> Um, I mean, there's so many. Night of the Demons is a great one, actually. Bloody they, I mean, it's not their home, but it is a home mm. that they go and have the party at. For sure. And this, the, funnily enough, the remake much more than so than the original. Mm. Yeah. Uh, not the telephone with Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> it involves too many people wearing trench coats. <laughs> if they're a couple, if they're a couple, maybe. <laughs> I guess uh, uh, all those, uh, you know. Uh, what were those erotic thrillers with uh, Andrew Stevens and uh, Shannon Tweed? Or no, like Night Visions or something like that. Yeah, Night Eyes or... <laughs> yeah. What was it? Uh, I don't know. This is your wheelhouse. The first one. Well, Melzy did a, I didn't realise that Melzy did a, a thesis on it. Is it Night <laughs> yeah. Eyes? Is it... It's, um, I Eric, don't know that one. It's not Eric Roberts. Andrew Stevens mm. and I think it's Tanya Roberts in the first one. And then... In were the they s- produced by Roger Corman? Because it's quite possible. Andrew Stevens had a tight relationship with him. Mm. Yeah. Working relationship, that is. Yeah. At the the start of his uh, directing, kind of producing (laughs) career. Yeah. But then in number two, Shannon Tweed takes over. Mm. And I think, and then maybe her sister. It's like the Poison Ivy franchise. Just get a new girl. (laughs) And it's always the same. It's always the security guard who's brought in because the woman has had threats. And uh, so he's watching her all the time. (laughs) And then uh, she seduces him. And, uh, you know, then things happen. <laughs> Sexy things and murderous <laughs> There we go. Do we have a, a jingle to take us out? Video star recommendations.
A lot of Gen Xers will know that song, no doubt. And if they don't, they will know that voice. It is Learning to Drive by the Stone Temple Pilots. I don't <laughs> honestly know. I can't think of a Stone Temple Pilots song off the top of my head. I'm sure if I heard them, mm. I'd be like, oh, yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar's in the um, film clip of... Yeah, of Sour Girl. Um, yeah, I yeah. love that Awesome. Song. And it's got, like, scary Teletubbies in it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's a great video. I don't know where yeah. I was when the Stone Temple Pilots were uh, big. Yeah. Maybe I'd stopped watching. I think because Soundgarden, Black Hole Sun kind of broke me. Yeah. That music <laughs> video, like I, I can just remember, like I felt like it went for fucking ever. And it's got all the distorted fish lensy type yeah. of stuff. And yeah, everyone's face eye. is weird. And I was like, ah, oh, just <laughs> like go back to the soup dragons. <laughs> 
Blind Melon. Yeah. Bring back the B-Girl. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather well, watch Love Shack, the video clip for Love Shack by the B-52s <laughs> than Soundgarden. The reason that we played that song, um, because it's from William Friedkin's Bug, which is an example of a Home Alone movie, which was the segment we were supposed to have before Ben pulled the fucking rug from under Hi, that Jack. one. He <laughs> didn't know I'd be theming the song. Oh, no. I, um, <laughs> it gets worse. It gets worse, and you'll find out later on in the show. Okay, shit. Fucking hell. Um, fuck and another movie that's set entirely in a small apartment, which is the reason we were theming that segment, was because Lucky McKee's new film is called Old Man, and it all, is all set in a uh, remote cabin in the woods. So, yes. Ooh. I think I said, like, maybe two words in this interview. I think I'm remembering <laughs> during, when we had it. Like, you were like, yeah, come on, come, on the, come on the interview. And I was like, okay. And then in my head afterwards, I went, Got nothing to say. No, 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 no. I'd say the uh, the, did, the did final actually, act of the interview, you uh, did I, you do did, some good did, work did, in there. Did I did I did I say something? Because I was like, for the first half of it, I was like, Lucky McKee is going to be wondering what the fuck is this other guy doing here? He's saying nothing. Uh, let's just say we go down a nerdy rabbit hole towards the end of the video uh, yeah, and okay. talk about a lot of old films, and it's a lot of fun. But um, let's throw it to it. Lucky McKee. Lee, uh, Lee Evans' filmography comes up, and I I have nothing to say. <laughs> Um, but as we mentioned in the in the interview, he did uh, The Woman, The Woods, All Cheerleaders Must Die, Kindred Spirits. It's two Caitlin Stacey movies he's made. He did a mm. Masters of Horror episode, Sick Girl, which was a good one. And the new one, yes, The Old Man. It stars Stephen Lang from Don't Breathe fame and Avatar. Mm. Is Lucky McKee's dad a stuntman? <laughs> well, that's not in the interview. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's an Easter egg for nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it. No, if you it. go on Wikipedia or IMDb or wherever it is, then they'll see it. They'll see it there. It's just incorrect. <laughs> stuntman Mike. Stuntman Mike. Well, I mean, it goes without saying it's awesome to be chatting with you. Like many people, I've sort of been on board the, the Lucky McKee train since May got released, so... I really oh, appreciate I you taking the time. I'm chuffed to be chatting, mate. Right on, man. Thanks. I didn't know there was a train. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Um, I'm going to just jump, jump straight into Old Man. Um, yeah. This feels like it's, I guess, rooted in a stage production, if you will. I guess you've probably heard yeah. that before. Um, it kind of felt like Death and the Maiden crossed with Hateful Eight to me. Um, what were the origins oh, nice. of this movie? I love, I, I, yeah, I looked at both of those movies a bunch before before I shot this. Um, yeah, the the script was written by Joel Veach. It was originally uh, it was originally a play that he wrote, a two-hander that he wrote. Um, and then by the time it came to me, he had converted it, basically just kind of converted it into a screenplay format. And I, I really liked his dialogue, and I really liked... Uh, I saw I I could relate to what was going on in it. I mean, I was I was kind of raised by old country boys, and uh, so I, I I don't know. Like I had like a personal connection that I was able to find in it. And then uh, when it seemed like we were getting to where we could actually uh, make the movie, um, I sat down with Joel for like a month, and we we really worked over every inch of the script and uh, tried to bring it into a more cinematic space. Uh, as much as possible because they're the, the original play a lot of uh, especially the the, the way the, the kind of final sequence plays out a lot of it was being explained through dialogue mm -hmm. I tried to take it into more of a kind of a visual space without tying everything up and neat with neat little bows you know you know? Sure. Do you know what inspired him to take it down a film path um, and do you know if he sort of has intentions to, to do a stage play still? I don't know. I mean, I, 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 
I, I think he should. I still think he should put it on the stage. He, I think he has, he talked about doing a version of it on the stage, uh, with a kind of a gender swap, basically, um, doing it with two women, the, mm-hmm. but pretty much the same material, which that was a pretty interesting idea. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, this is, this is the first, uh, script of his that he's had produced. So, um, he, he got, he really got into, we, we got along like a house on fire, man. Like I, I we had such a good connection right out of the gate. There is no egos in the development process, which can be a problem sometimes, you know, where yeah. people stop listening to each other and people start kind of shouldering in thinking that their ideas should, should, or the more important ideas, but it was never like that between me and Joel. It was a very open process and. We, we learned a lot from each other over the course of developing it. So. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm, I mean, I can't imagine being a screenwriter doing your first um, screenplay and having somebody like Lucky McKee direct it. Like that must be like, that must be something, <laughs> you know, that. it comes from a fanboy <laughs> point of view, but so, uh, how, how did you two cross paths? Like what was the uh, origins of your uh, we, we met, we met, yeah, we, we met through Mark Center. Um, Mark Center, who plays Joe in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, We've Mark and I have known each other since a, a film that I helped produce called The Loft, uh-huh. yep. which is the first 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 Jack Ketchum book to be adapted into a movie. Um, and Mark and I had always wanted to work on a feature together as director and actor. We we got to have a little taste of that on this this anthology movie I worked on called Tales of Halloween, mm-hmm. but we still wanted that full meal of a feature. Um, and Mark kind of you know in order to generate parts for himself as an actor, got into producing himself. And Joel was an old friend of his and had this script and it came my way that way. And then, you know, Mark was, Mark was really the spark plug that got this whole project made, you know, and he, he created a great opportunity for himself. And I think he just crushed it, you know, as, as Joe, I think, I mean, Stephen Lang is Stephen Lang. He's, he's amazing, you know, but if, you know, if Mark didn't pull off what he pulled off, I don't think the movie works. You know, I think that they're, they're, they're such an odd couple, those two. Yep. I, I definitely want to talk about Stephen Lang, but first, I'm glad you brought yeah. Mark because the second he picked up that rifle, it took me right back to the lost. Like, it was yeah. eerie. He's got such an amazing screen presence, and he's yeah, there, like- there's there's no yeah there's no other like his performance in this movie. It's like no nobody else would have done what he did with that part. It's it's yeah. so odd and so so strange and, and uh, it's just amazing. He he's was really really fun been to watch in your work. orbit, hasn't he? Whether he's in your films or yeah. he's in Chris um, Siverton's, like he's always sort of been in that yeah. circle. It's great. It's great. Um, but no, what's that? What's that? My favorite my favorite line in the whole film. And now I'm struggling to remember exactly what it was. But when Stephen Lang is telling the story about the traveling salesman he said you know i invited him in and i offered him yeah. cake and he's like you got cake yeah, like yeah. <laughs> my, my wife that's my wife's favorite line in the movie too she, she busts out laughing every time yeah. <laughs> and she's seen it more than once that's <laughs> a good one of course, great your, delivery. Your, your ears pricked up when you heard cake right? yeah, yeah i was like Ooh. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah everybody it would have been cake. the same reaction yeah yeah, yeah. I, I agree yeah it's so very relatable for 20 minutes and there's cake <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly what the hell uh, yeah. Stephen Lang he's he's been around for like decades and I remember him yeah. in Mindhunter and the hard way and films like that but now he's really carving out a notch for himself as a grumpy and cantankerous old bastard type um and yes. he's really good at it uh did you have him in mind right from the start no I didn't have anybody in particular in mind you know um but I, I did know that uh, a friend of mine, this guy Joe Bigos, who made uh, who made this movie called VFW, had worked with with Stephen Lang. And when 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 
uh, we, we, I call him slang. That's why I'm like <laughs> pausing here. But uh, uh, he insists that every anybody that talks to him calls him slang. Um, anyways, jo- Joe Bigos had worked with slang on VFW and had you know a really great experience. So when uh, when the idea of Stephen Lang came up, and I obviously loved him in a lot of different different films growing up because he's been he's been acting in television and films since I was like five years old. Um, I called Joe and said, Hey, you know, like, give me the lowdown. Was he, you know, cause Joe makes low budget films like, like I do mm-hmm. most of the time. And, and I just wanted to make sure I wasn't, you know, what I was, what I, what I'd be getting myself into. Um, cause if you've got somebody that has a big ego and is not very good at collaborating and stuff, it could be really tough and it can make things go slow. And the last thing you can have on an independent film is have anything go slow. You know, mm-hmm. we had 15 days to shoot this movie. Um, Joe sang, sang Slang's praises, and then I got on the phone with him, and we talked about the script a little bit, and it just, you know, we just got along right out of, right out of the gate, you know. It's, it's pretty incredible that a guy that, you know, at the time, I think he was 69, seven, maybe, maybe 70 years old, has been doing it for that long and still has that kind of fire in his belly and still really does the work, shows up on time. You know, I mean, I, I've worked with actors half his age, uh, that were really jaded and really, you know, especially on independent films. Sometimes you get people that get roped into an independent film and they, they, uh, they've, they've been to the top of bigger mountains so that they think that it's kind of beneath them and then they get grumpy and it just, it, it can be very unpleasant, but slang wasn't like that at all. There's a reason he has 70 credits on his IMDb or whatever, because he's just a pleasure to work with, you know, and I think that people want to work with him again and again. Um, he makes he makes a director's life really easy and he brings a lot to the material too you know he's yeah, a yeah. really 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 strong strong collaborator did his character change much over the course of like rehearsing and things like that as he assumed it and got his mindset uh not really you know i mean he you know he he, he had a pretty good idea of what he wanted to do from the from the beginning and you know this was during the height of covid that we made this movie and mm-hmm. and it, it it actually worked to the movie's benefit that it was it was the middle of the pandemic because we got a great deal on a fantastic soundstage that we never would have gotten in any <laughs> other time we had great deals on gear there was a lot of crew available because nobody was working the whole business was was running at about 15 20 percent at that point um so uh, our rehearsals were, were just us reading the script from beginning to end on Zoom, <laughs> just, just like you and I are talking right now. Yeah. Um, we, we have him and Mark and me and the writer and uh, our lead producer, Aaron Koontz, would all get on a Zoom and those guys would just read it out loud. And that was that process was, was better for Mark than it was for Slang because Mark really, really found his voice really really found the character's voice within you know in within the like two or three of those readings um i think it was about halfway through the second one he he kind of hit on the the right kind of accent because i think that country accents you have to be very careful not to overdo it Mm -hmm. and i think that most most films actors overdo it you watch something like three billboards or a a lot of movies like that where it just it, 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 it doesn't feel genuine so Mark took this really subtle approach that was really amazing, and uh, yeah, and slang was just slang. You know, he, <laughs> he, he had a, he had a great approach. You know, Ben, I, take notes. Like I said, I, I, slang, I, <laughs> slang. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah, ever yeah, bring him to yeah. Australia, slang. <laughs> slang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what he goes by. Um, 
I called him Steven one time and he said, only my mother called me Steven. <laughs> <laughs> well, ages ago, um, you mentioned before, actually, that you, the Jack Ketchum connection that you've had you know, in the past with some of your adaptations. In fact, uh, Ben here was one of the guys that distributed The Woman down here in Australia. Oh, okay. Um, did did yeah. we meet when it, did we meet when I was down at Melbourne and Sydney? Did we did we did briefly, but uh, I was oh, okay. pretty, pretty low down in the in the in the rung there. So uh, <laughs> I, I I I had more to do with the um, with the DVD and stuff at that point. Not so much. Oh, the, gotcha. The, oh, the, awesome. That, that would have been Neil and Grant, my 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 bosses. I think they were. Okay. They were showing yeah, you. Yeah, this was this around. was like 10, like 10, 10, 12 years ago. I was down there. Yeah. Sydney, Sydney, and Melbourne. There was two different festivals. Did you um? So speaking of the Jack Ketchum stuff, do you have any intentions to adapt more? Like, would you like to adapt more of his work? Well, well, Ketchum, Ketchum, and I. Uh, the last ten years of his life, uh, we started writing books together. Um, hmm. We wrote. You know, we wrote the script and the novel, The Woman, together. And uh, then after that, we wrote a script and a novella for a project called I'm Not Sam uh, that we published. And uh, that did really well. And then after that, we, we did kind of our, our, our kind of most epic book, this book that uh, ended up with the title The Secret Life of Souls. That wasn't that wasn't our title, but it was kind of imposed. It was kind of requested of us to give it that sort of a hoity-toity title. I think that sounds like a pretentious title, uh, but we, we called it Healer, and it's a, it's, it's, that's one that I'd still really, really like to make. I, I, I flirted with the idea of making I'm Not Sam, but um, after I made Old Man, I kind of, you know, I'm Not Sam is, is, is also kind of a two-hander. Mm -hmm. After I made Old Man, I kind of felt like I'd been kind of down that road, you know, the, the single location and two characters. So, mm -hmm. But the last book that we wrote together, that we finished together, um, uh, is about a little girl who has a psychic connection with her dog and it's very much of the the uh the cut from the cloth of like the kind of the the early stephen king stuff from the 80s uh cujo and uh, stuff like that um but that's something i'd very very much like to make someday but it's it's it'd be kind of an expensive movie so it's it's about getting the right kind of chess pieces aligned <laughs> totally. to, to do that you know yeah no because uh you you just you do his stories so well like i just love it, those he was a great guy we had a great connection i really miss him we had we had a really really good time over yeah. the years working yeah. working on stuff with each other absolutely he's a good dude one question that i always ask people and they always um just instinctively say their most recent but aside from old man what is the film of yours that you hold closest to you personally that i hold hold closest to me yeah, near, nearest that's and dearest. tough I, that, that's tough i mean i i have a couple that that i'd like to get get as far away from me as possible but um <laughs> but uh you know may may means a lot to me uh primarily because it was my first and it was so deeply personal and it was at a very very uh kind of awkward phase of my life and it was, you know, it was my first shot, you know, uh, to to make something like a legit movie in the, in the in the movie business, and that one that one was really good. Uh, the woman means a lot to me because, like I said, of the the relationship I had with Ketchum, and and that whole creative process was a blast, and I had a, I had just total creative freedom making that, so 
any flaws people find in it or problems people have with it, they can they can point it all right to me. I can't really mm-hmm. pass that blame on to anybody but myself. Um, those are really important, and you know, and finishing old man, you know, I mean, like mm-hmm. that that was also like a really good, clean, creative experience, you know. Um, but I mean, even you know, I, you know, I, I love them all. They're they're like your, they're <laughs> like your kids, you know. Yep. You spend so much time time with them and they teach you so much about yourself and so much about the craft and so much just, you know, they, they just, they're very, very it's, it's a very intense experience making a movie. You feel like you live like 10 lifetimes while you're making a film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I find the woman but, interesting. But yeah. Because... To, to, to single one out is hard. Yeah. No, I get it. I appreciate that. Yeah. I find the woman interesting because like, obviously it's a sequel to offspring, but when you made that, were yeah. you, was it in your mind as a sequel or a standalone? Because it kind of feels like both. I, you know, I, the, the assignment was, was to write a sequel to Offspring. So, you know, uh, I did, did the best I could with that, but I also didn't want, I wanted to pe- people to be able to come to the movie cold without, without yeah. having to have seen anything or anything like that. So I did my best to, to make it self-contained. Um, but that was, that wasn't, you know, to, to make people ignore Offspring or anything like that. It's just, you know, I just kind of wanted it to be its own, its own thing. Um, so great that was that was a dark that was a that was a dark movie man i was in a very kind of angry pissed off place in my life at that point so that's probably the meanest thing i may ever make (laughs) that that movie that movie that movie there's a lot of a lot of anger (laughs) a lot of anger and frustration in that movie just how this how this world is and how people how cruel people can be Mm, i think the the horror community probably definitely tapped into that for sure like it's resonated big time um Final question before we let you run. Um, just wondering, outside of you know horror, what kind of films do you gravitate towards in your downtime? Oh gosh, man, all of them. I mean, on, honestly, I don't. I, I watched so many horror movies as a young man uh, that I don't. I, I don't watch a whole lot of horror movies anymore. I still, I still watch watch them, but I mostly watch. I mostly watch old films. You know. Uh, uh the, the last thing i saw that that uh completely floored me was like i got to see david lane's brief encounter projected um which i'd i'd only ever seen it on you know videotape mm-hmm. or dvd or whatever before that and i got to see it on the big screen and it just just completely completely leveled me it's just one of the great romances you know he was such a master um there's a there's a god man i, I, I i'm always discovering new stuff you know um, from all different eras, you know, um, I, I, I really watch a lot of films from, you know, obviously the seventies, but, uh, the thirties are a real sweet spot for me. Um, especially that kind of pre-code area era between like 1927, 1933, mm. 34, somewhere around there where you kind of feel that movies were headed to the place that they ended up in the seventies. They were already headed there. Uh, yeah. at the beginning of the sound era but then all the censorship started coming in and everything and it kind of stunted its growth but yeah i, I had a, i was on a podcast with joe dante and josh olson a few months ago and you know i was kind of playing out this theory with joe that that you know movies would have gotten to that great spot they got to in the 70s by the you know maybe by the late 40s early 50s and he said yeah but at the same if if we didn't have censorship then you wouldn't then everybody wouldn't have gotten so good at subversion, you know, like, 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 uh, when that censorship came in, 
it's you know so it added another layer of film just you know uh, yeah absolutely uh, have, having those restrictions imposed on them you know that people had to think of another way to say things and i got made things like even that much more complex and then by the time it got to the 70s i mean yeah we just got you know we were just getting jammed i'm always discovering stuff from the 70s that that blows my mind and a lot of times stuff i've never even heard of you know yeah. just this stuff just keeps popping up and there's so many great labels now you know just the fact that you can get uh the new york ripper on a 4k blu-ray you know yeah. like a fulci movie like that and it looks better than it did when it was released you know uh is is really special you know uh, i hope these kids understand how good they have it these <laughs> days because yeah, when, when i when i was young you had to track down bootlegs and order them through the mail and a lot of times they'd, they'd just be like poorly dubbed vhs's with like japanese subtitles on them and just like anyway that, that hunting was really fun but but now it's just it's amazing how much we had access to you know and just how great everything looks you know it's like you could buy like that like the new york ripper is a perfect example it's like owning a print of a mm. movie you know the the quality yeah. is so great so i love yes. that Yes, I am. Yeah, go ahead, Ben. So, so I am curious. I, I was asked this question on the weekend, and I really struggled for an answer. Do you have yeah. a, like a desert island film? Like, if you could only take one film with you, <laughs> you'd also somehow on this island you'd also have to have a a uh, like a projector or a TV or and a, a power source and a method of being able to play it. But <laughs> right, taking, right. Taking those, on, taking on those, an uh... island, yeah, like a solar, like a solar panel. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know how that would work, or just like a TV that runs on coconuts or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Gilligan's Island. Gosh, man, I that's 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 really tough. I mean, I, I guess the. You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe the last season of the Twin Peaks, just because it feels like one long movie and it's it's long <laughs> enough to where you know uh, that was that was a brilliant brilliant piece of cinema right there. But um, that's 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 too hard of a question. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't know I don't know. Anybody nar narrows it down to their favorite film? You know, I was, I always, I, you know, so I many mean, favorite films. I mean, just just Scorsese, Scorsese's filmography alone. You know, yeah. is like 30 of my favorite movies you know the guy's just a, i don't i don't think there's ever been a better filmmaker than scorsese he's my favorite you know so i'm, just, I'm curious to know um, ben what you're probably be something from him I, I couldn't like i was really struggling like i you it's know. impossible well look at look at look at all the movies you have behind you right now you know how many favorites yeah. are in are on those shelves are you know shelves, yeah like a, you know yeah. And I was, I could, yeah. You know, memory is also a problem because half the time I can't even remember until somebody <laughs> brings it up again. Like I was, I happened to be thinking, I was like, oh, maybe Bad Day at Black Rock, maybe. But yeah, you know, oh, it's a good man, one. It's a good fucking movie. Yeah, that, that's on know. my shelf. Yeah, and I watched, I watched this this uh, French film. I think it was Jacques Jacques Demi was the director. I haven't seen too many of his movies. The guy that made Umbrellas of Cherbourg and stuff like that. He made this movie called Bay of Angels, starring. Uh, one of my favorite discoveries of the year is just something I came across on one of my streaming apps. It's just a movie about this kid that decides he wants to start gambling and he meets this woman who's addicted to gambling and it's learned her life and it's about the two of them and the, the tension and suspense that comes from these people ruining their lives over gambling is just like, it's up there with like wages of fear, elevated to the gallop, like the great suspense films. Yeah, and right. it's just because you know it and and, and, and it, it's, it's one of the best portraits of addiction i've ever seen i don't know if you've ever seen that film but it's an oh, incredible man. slice of life that it's called bay of angels highly recommend it yeah, um, i just had to write it down i mean that's the thing too like 
I ordered. Go through like the clue. Like I've been going through like the Clouseau films and stuff like that. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the Clouseau movies, but it's like there's just so many great, so many great. I don't know why I'm focused on French directors right now. (laughs) There's there's just there's just so many things. I'm just discovering things constantly. Yeah, only like two weeks ago I went and watched um Fritz Lang's M again and just didn't realize Uh, how phenomenally uh, edgy it was and influential. Like yes. You watch any of it. Like, I watched that Ministry of Fear the other day, which, like, I had never seen before, and I was, like, I was totally blown away by it. I was like, this movie is... I haven't seen that one yet. Uh, Yeah, that one's on my list. I'm I'm also a really big fan of Murnau. Uh, 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 Obviously, you know, everybody loves Nosferatu, but but, uh, Sunrise is is still ahead of its time, and that movie's from, like, 1927, I think. Yeah. Oh, it's one of the most incredible films I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're tripping down like a nerdy rabbit hole here, but um, we'll wrap it up. But thanks so much for your chat. Like we really sorry. I, no, I, no. I start, no, I start talking be... about movies. You can't this shut is, me up. This is what our podcast is all about. So we could do it for hours, but yeah. we do appreciate your time. And please consider us when you have another film dropping because we'd love to chat again. Right on, man. And if you want to try to talk to Mark or Slang or anything like that, just let me know. Um, we're just really excited the movie's coming out down there. I'm just, I'm just glad it's it's found its way all the way all the way to Australia. That's just really beautiful. I'm really excited. I'm I'm, I'm curious is the cover art going to be the same there? And I, I always love getting the different editions of the movie from around the world. You know, it's so cool. For sure, awesome, mate. Well, is it just coming it out on digital, or is that is it coming out in physical media there? Yeah, and it's coming out on DVD. I don't know if it's got any other formats, oh. but it will be digital as well. Um, I think. Right a lot of the eagle titles end up on Amazon, if I'm not mistaken, Prime. So, yeah. Cool, cool man. You know, well, thank uh, you. I, ho- I hope people me, dig it. Yeah. It just makes me sad that we're not in the in the 70s or 80s, so then you could get that really awesome Italian, fully painted, bizarre tape know. of the artwork. <laughs> I know. Well, one the one good thing that's happened with Old Man is that in Russia they called it Don't Breathe the Beginning. I, I met a Russian <laughs> filmmaker and he, he said the translation of the title, they're literally trying to like sell it, kind of like the Italians used to do back in the day, yeah. that, you know, like Zombie 2 or, yeah. Oh, I love uh, that. Yeah, they, and it, it did really well over there. I was like, oh, that's... I wish they would have done that in the States. It's like a badge of pride, that one. For sure. Yeah, yeah, it was a good move. <laughs> All right, mate. We'll let you run. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Good to Thank talk you. to you guys. Today, Chad, what are we talking about? So for today, we're going to do, um, you know, there's plenty of biopics out there, and we could do a segment on biopics, but I said, you know what? No, that's too that's too normal. Let's talk about movies where historical figures were portrayed in a very weird, comedic, or just absolutely outrageous fashion. You want me to go first? Because you go first. It's a little odd. So I actually had time to do research on this one. And there's two or three I wanted to do, but I've actually written some of this down. Mine's going to be 300 and the guy who played Xerxes. <laughs> the per- Yeah. No offense. I didn't think either one of you all would have picked it. Now, I could have went with Leonidas or Leonidas, blah, blah, blah. Gerald Butler. That's also not accurate, by the right. way. Right. They they yeah. did wear armor and they did there was Spartans and they probably he only probably only fought one time. Even though I found three hundred exhilarating when I saw it, loved the movie. I'm a little past exciter now, like a lot of people are. I, I in real life the Persian arist- aristocracy wore a robe of honor 
a large piece of fabric that they draped around themselves. This would have been decorated with gold ornaments, which probably provided the inspiration for the movie character that they, you know, drips in gold. The historical Xerxes is also depicted as having a beard and thick hair. Did you see that guy in that movie? Yeah, you're, you're, but you're telling me they're actually 10 feet tall. That's a hold on. And that, you hadn't even got to that part. He's bald. He's some sort of androgynous creature. He's dripping gold. And yep. he's 32 feet tall. And he has that weird voice. Now, it's cool. I'm not arguing that. But Chad, James, I don't think it's historically accurate. There's a bunch of them. By the way, they think Cleopatra was Cleopatra. <laughs> That's the guy I was having sex with. Cleopatra wasn't that hot. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> extremely short. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. I got I dug deep in this crap. James, I, I, go can, I can go next because mine is simple. It has to be the worst historical casting for a historical figure. Nope. Uh, let alone what it did to the cast. But you can't one-up John Wayne as Genghis Khan, right? Oh, I um, can. I can. I, I, don't I have seen The Conqueror. Have, has anybody besides me seen The oh, Conqueror? Yeah, I've, I've only seen things out. You know, I've never watched the whole movie. I haven't oh. either. I, I'll see if my mother still has my father's DVD copy, because you need to see The Conqueror. You will believe he was Genghis Khan if you've had serious brain injury. Um, but other than that, he he is not a really a, a compelling Genghis Khan. Uh, but if you've never heard that John Wayne played Genghis Khan, the movie is called The Conqueror. And um, John Wayne and at, Genghis Khan is what you're saying? Because you said if, yeah, yeah. If times. if you look, if you look at the history of the making of that film, though, that in and of itself is compelling yeah. as much as the miscasting is. Oh yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. We're talking yeah, about forty-five. The two hundred people who worked on it died of cancer because they used ra- irradiated sand for while filming that movie. Well, they filmed it in some of the places where some of the bombs had been dropped. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops, a daisy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I disagree with James. Uh, I think I have the worst pick for a historical figure in movie history. Uh, I am of course talking about vanilla ice as Mark Twain in the ridiculous six. Okay. So they're I've both wordsmith. I, well, you... I, I actually felt like mine was the most obscure, but I've never seen the ridiculous six. I've never bothered to watch it. And you shouldn't. It was literally, it's a very bad movie. <laughs> and I'm afraid Glenn's going to rip me apart for saying it's a bad movie, but it is a terrible film. I just made liter- a comment the other night that I don't think they really make comedies anymore. And, and literally it's, it's marked, it's vanilla ice playing Mark Twain as vanilla ice. He, he talks all hip hop and whatever. He has no country accent whatsoever. He just, he's just vanilla ice in a wig and a mustache cussing like a sailor and, and acting like he's still an uh, early nineties rapper. And if that tells you anything, that is pretty much the whole movie in itself. Uh, David Spade, even David Spade as, as, as general Custer shines nothing to vanilla ice as Mark Twain. I may have to check it out. Check it out. I, again, I cannot recommend this movie, but when I thought about weird, weird portrayals of historical figures, that was my number one. If you're curious about my number two, Gilbert Gottfried as Hitler in Highway to Hell. This has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Thank you to the Boneheads, and they are, of course, on an Australian podcast, i.e. ours, every single week, and yet when it comes <laughs> to talking about weird movies with um, weird portrayals of historical figures, they completely ignore Young Einstein and Reckless Kelly. 
That would have been my go-to. You would have been, but they're not Australian. <laughs> May I recommend uh, Wills and Burke as well, the 1985 movie with Kim Gidgel and Gary McDonald? I would like to recommend Streslecki. <laughs> the Warren Perso, the Warren Perso film Streslecki. Hmm. So. Let's recommend some movies. How are you prepared for this one, Mousy? Uh, I have IMDb open. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Well, I'll kick it off. I'll kick it off. Um, I just found a movie and went with it. I'd heard about it for a while, gave it a shot. 1979, it's called Americathon. And Ooh. I Ooh. laughed my fucking ass off watching this movie. Holy shit, it's funny. It's directed by Neil Israel, the guy that gave us Bachelor Party, uh, Police Academy, and Real Geniuses. So there's some fucking... What a, what a pedigree. That's right. And the movie is actually set in the year 1998, so it's looking to the future, but it's told by the narration from the year 2000. So he's looking back two years. Right. And the narrator is George Carlin, right? And the whole concept and the conceit of this film is that we've gotten to a point in society where we're completely depleted of all oil and natural resources, trying to make some kind of, you know, premonition. So all of the cars that exist in the world have now been converted into houses for the low income, right? (laughs) It's hilarious because the main character just lives in his car, but you go into the car and it's set up like a little bungalow. And John Ritter plays the American president. Um, and the way he won his presidency was he ran a campaign on I'm not a schmuck as his, uh, <laughs> as his slogan and that's what got him the, the job. But, um, I'd for him. When the country falls into a deep financial crisis, he joins up with TV executives to sort of figure out a way that they can make money and they decide to do a telethon and they do a 30-day telethon called the Americathon. And from that moment on, which takes place about 15 to 20 minutes into the film, the entire rest of the film is a 30-day you know, telethon. Like telethon. And <laughs> so it kind of feels like a cross between Kentucky Fried Movie and UHF. Like, And if you know those UHF moments with the telethon, yeah. this whole movie is that. So it does have moments where it runs out of steam a little bit, but then something will come along to replace an act and it's like absolute dynamite. Before I left to come to the show tonight, <laughs> I was watching a YouTube video on... Uh, Best musical scenes in non-musical movies, yeah. and it sounds like yeah. <laughs> what well, this would speaking be. of musical, the the, the Americathon is hosted oh. by Harvey Corman, who makes his Christ. entry in drag, and it's freaking hilarious. Like he is a really good woman. Like he plays a lady <laughs> really well. Um, dead set hilarious. And then it's um, who else we got in there? Do you know Peter Rygarp? He was in, I think. Bachelor Party, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, hang on, hang on. Peter Regit. Regit, yeah. From Animal House That's and it, Animal Crossing House. Delancey yes. and yes. Local Hero. Yes, yes, he's the main star in this one. Right. Um, and he's really good. Yep. Is he the is he the cop in uh, The Mask? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's supported by Fred My Willard. My wife. That's Fred easy. Willard. And then Zane Busby. I don't know if you know her. She she plays a Vietnamese singer in this and she's not Vietnamese at all, but, but it's very funny. Problematic. That's right. You've got Meatloaf in there. You've got Elvis Costello. You've got Jay Leno. Like it is just a smorgasbord of 1970s, you know, comedy talent. And that, yeah, I highly recommend it. The Americathon. It's on, I think, Apple Plus. I think is where Ooh, I watched it. Lovely. And yeah, just can't. If you love Kentucky Fried Movie and UHF, they're the only two movies I can think to, to really compare it to. I like it too. Check it out. Ben, you're up next. Uh, well, I, I jumped on Disney Plus this week uh, and I watched a film called The Greatest Game Ever Played. The golf one. The golf one, which I had, for some reason, it, it's been in my watch list for a while because I do love a good sports movie, especially of sports 
that I have absolutely no interest in actually yeah. playing. <laughs> and this has Shia LaBeouf in it, yeah? It does have Shia LaBeouf yeah. in it. Mm. A regular Friday Shia LaBeouf. And uh, Stephen Delane. So he plays basically plays this poor-ass kid. It's set in the 20s, mm-hmm. I believe. And he's basically the context of the film is that he's the, the youngest person to ever win the US Open as an amateur. Yep. And he is... Like this is when golf was considered a gentleman's game, much like tennis kind of was. It's legend of yeah. back events yeah. type of stuff. Yeah, but without the weird social commentary. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's more class than, it's than Disney. race. It's Disney. It's Disney. Well, if they, Disney made it now, it definitely would it be. It definitely would be, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's directed by Bill Paxton. What the fuck? Oh, Are you joking? Oh, no. I've Bill seen Paxton's, this movie like several times and I yeah. never knew that. Bill Paxton's last, yeah. I think, last film as a director. A frailty would be, yeah. Or wow. this come after frailty. I think this is... Uh, you could be right. 2005, so I think this is post-priority. Wow. Uh, and it's, it's and, and like Stephen Delane. Yeah, and then he, well, I think he passed, it was like a, I think there was a good 10 years between <laughs> between him dying. I'll leave those jokes I think to he you, may okay? Have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he may have directed some TV, I don't know. But uh, Elias Cotillas plays his dad, who, of course, much like all dads in sport uh, movies, if it wasn't for your dad not thinking you had what it took, You'd never like no <laughs> no professional level athlete except for the the Williams sisters would ever exist. Uh, Stephen Delaney is great. He's the he's kind of the vil- he's the the main rival, but he's also the interesting thing is like because Charlotte Buff is from a like a poor family and he's a caddy on this uh, golf course, but he also happens to be a golf prodig- kind of prodigy, and so he gets championed by one of the members of the club even though the club refused to let him join and don't really want him to play because he's poor. This sounds like Caddyshack. It's, it's, it's just this, just, there's just no Al Servic character. They just removed the laughs. Yeah, they just removed the jokes. <laughs> uh, but it is totally uh, restricted. The club is restricted. <laughs> All of those things, like in Caddyshack, there's a judge is on the thing, is on the committee. Is there a turd? It's a, there's a, <laughs> there is a turd in the pool. Talk about a hole. But this time it's actually not a picnic. Uh but it is fan. It, like it, it is just just a lot of fun. Mm. It's, it's a great movie, and it's kind of it's, it is one of those movies where you can see why Shia LaBeouf was on his way to being like Leonardo DiCaprio. Bloody oath! Until mm. he started making fucking Transformer movies and Disturbia. Well, Disturbia is probably a good decision, but Transformers might have been mm. a bit. Of a... I think tra- Transformers and to a lesser degree Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. I think was the kind of the final straw. Yeah, just because the way that they he. He's good when he when he's unsure of himself. Mm-hmm. When he plays it cocky, mm. yep. it becomes a he becomes yeah. unbearable. Yeah, I think that's the kind of issue with with him. Yeah, he's great in this film. And Stephen Delaney is if great. If Transformers had been a one and done for him, it might have been a different story. It, yeah, mm. I think it just all went I went too, a bit too far. But um, and it, Peyton List is in this film, and I didn't realize it. Like Peyton List uh, was in uh, Mad Men. Mm-hmm. And I remember when she came in Mad, it came onto Mad Men. I was like, "Who is this?" And I looked it up, and I'm like, "Peyton List." I'm like, "That name sounds familiar." And of course, because there is another Peyton List who's like a Disney star, right? And she's very much not that Peyton List. Okay, and it's very, <laughs> it's very weird looking her up because you just get this like little blonde girl, and you're like, mm. "No, that's not the one." But it's a Disney movie. But, but it, it, yet it is a <laughs> Disney film. But Elias Gutierrez does a weird French accent through the oh, whole film, no. which is great. Oh, it's good, is it? It's great. Okay, yeah, like good. Yeah. <laughs> but he, and he's very dirty. Elias is because he work. I think he works uh, down uh, the coal mine. 
close. I think he works on the railways, but he does like a lot of um, like tarring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. And he so always, always kind of looks dirty anyway. Yeah. But, you know, and he, <laughs> but, you know, speaking of Gran Turismo, they're fucking carbon copies are the same. You know, like he works on the, in the railway, much like the dad. Uh, Digimon Hansu yeah. does in Gran Turismo. Yeah. Wants his son to work. Like, you know, these dreams aren't going to make you money. There, you know, it's time to grow up and get a real job and, yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff. Like, you can't play golf. Golf is uh, for gentlemen. They'll never let you play. They'll make fun of you. But all this kind of <laughs> stuff. Like, you just at every turn. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but then it all comes good because at the end, when he wins, spoiler alert, but it's based <laughs> on a... It's like, it's like spoiling Apollo 13 by saying, you know, they get stuck. They, they, they survive, right? Uh, <laughs> or the challenger. They, they all die. Uh, <laughs> Um, but at the end, he makes it good because when everyone's hoisting him on his shoulder and they're offering him tips because he's an amateur, he doesn't get paid. That's on the poster, so the spoiler's right so there. So the spoiler's there. His dad's there and gives him a dollar. Oh, isn't that awesome? Like that's the, they don't, there's no hug and there's no crying like there is in Gran Turismo. <laughs> there's just, here's a dollar, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Different times. But remember how it, in the, in the earlier in the movie I said, uh, once this tournament's done, you have to move out? That's still in effect. <laughs> You're gonna get out. Yeah, <laughs> you can afford so to. So it was. Uh, yeah, it was a great movie. Definitely worth checking out if you've got a Disney Plus subscription. Brilliant, Malzi. Finish us off. Yes. All right. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Moving on. Um. That's why she zoomed this week. <laughs> um. So. Being one of the organisers of the Melbourne Horror Film Society, we are getting more and more giveaways for our members, which is another reason why you should follow us on all of our socials at Melbourne Horror. Are Um, you eligible to those giveaways if you're not a member? Yes. (laughs) I mean, I've, 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 I I dug out in my wallet. I've got two, two passes with like two. You know, ten movie passes that have all been filled out with three only three films. I'm like, oh my god. These are some of them. (laughs) Some of them like we do some of the giveaways at screenings. So Mm, you gotta be there. Yeah, then that gives you more of a chance to win them, but then I'll do some of them online as well. Have you got any more Meg tickets? (laughs) (laughs) Meg tickets. So that's exactly what I'm about to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow. So I gave away, so anyway, so we're contacted um, and I have like a really good dialogue with, you know, a lot of the people now. And um, and so I was given the heads up that we were going to get all of these tickets for Meg too, including the preview screening. And um, and so, of course, I had never seen the first one. So we um, ended up making a, doing a watch party, a Discord watch party of the first one. You missed it, Ben. It's because yes. I, I, didn't know how to, I don't know how to get on to the Discord. <laughs> And so, anyway, my almost five-year-old son got very excited about it and um, and he was all about watching The Meg. I'm like, oh, I don't know, it says PG, so it has to be, you know. Kind <laughs> American of, PG. American yeah, PG. Has to be Jurassic Park, you know, it should be fine. So he watched it with grabbing my hand to put over his eyes and then he realised he was like, oh, <laughs> be a mum, cover my eyes. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, like send me gifts on the Discord. I'm busy here. And then he was like, and then he was like, oh, I can use this. And he got a blanket and started putting that over his head when he got scared. That's cute. Anyway, and then and it's very like it's quite it's quite a bloody. There was one point where he was like, oh, I don't like this movie. It's really sad. He got really emotional in one part. And I'm sitting there going, ha, 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 like when people are dying and shit. And um, the couple like, oh, been really apart. Sad. And then. <laughs> And then the next morning he was like, um, 
getting ready for kinder or whatever the next morning he's like oh um because he fell asleep in like the final minute of it and then he was like oh i need to re-watch i need to re-watch it because i fell asleep. i'm like you it was right at the end i promise so anyway so he put it back on and i'm like i thought you said you hated it and he's like yeah i did and he watched the final 30 minutes of it again the <laughs> next morning I wish I had one. Anyway, so then we had that. these giveaways and I always work too late to be able to go to the preview screening. So um, I've given away, you know, preview screenings. I've given away bloody 10 passes or something to go, double passes. And then he sees the, um, then my son sees the um, trailer for uh, Meg 2, The Trench. And he's like, when are we going to see it? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. So I ended up emailing Universal. I'm like, oh, this is a bit cheeky, but my son really wants to go and see it. So we went and saw it on opening day <laughs> and fucking loved it. Awesome. Like, so much fun. It's like the first one, if you can even say that it had one foot in reality at least like it had some sort of realism mm -hmm. about it the second one yeah it did none. a furious five did absolutely furious five. Yeah. none like it is ridiculous Bonkers. it is so shark, ridiculous you got bloody can the shark swallow australia is that what they've done no in this <laughs> one the shark jumped fonzie <laughs> you've got you've got like you've got bloody little dinosaur things and the first problem it, it's a little bit slow to get into it so and i had been warned about that and so i was like oh no hopefully hopefully my son doesn't get bored at the start but he was even loving it from in the first hour so you don't really see that much of the shark for yeah. like the first hour and then and then it just gets bonkers and like awesome. the first one you've got this scene where there's heaps of people out in the water and um, and then there's like a dog paddling along. Anyway, the dog comes back and Pippin comes back for the second one. And, and it's, um, and, and there's like, I can't remember what the song was in the first one. Oh, oh, Mickey, you're so fine. It's like an Asian version of it. And so you've got basically the same scene because yeah. it was such a hit in the first one. You got, and then this one's, it's not my name, but it's just like, this has to be racist, right? Like it's like this Asian version of it. Like that was like on, in the Discord, people are like, is this okay? You know what? They'll create a franchise and the main character will just be the dog that carries over in all the movies. Yeah. <laughs> most of the characters came back from the first one so you got jason statham and um and there's like um re like poor man's ll cool j him for the win in the second one fucking hell he who had me it? in hysterics i don't even know who it is but oh, he's okay. like you're taking guesses now how do we do this without sounding racist <laughs> oh god <laughs> So, um, for the answer. So the girl, like the girl from the first one, the little girl comes back in the second one, but oh, the mum's just gone. Like Paige just Kennedy. Dead. Barely, barely any sort of reference to it or anything. It's like, okay, <laughs> cool. <don't> need it. <laughs> um, and so the uncle's there this time. Mm. And um, and yeah, I just I I found it really entertaining. And and it seemed like the whole and like we went to like a 3:30 showing of it. Yep. And um and I heard people like afterwards going, "Oh, that was really good." And like I was, I was like for the second half, I was full on lolling. Like, it, yeah, it had me, yeah, I mean, it had me laughing. So long as you enjoy yourself, that's all that matters. Exactly. Sometimes, you know, mm. like because I've seen people going, "Yeah, that was a movie." And after I sort of got that sort of feedback from the preview, I was like, "Oh, hey, okay." I know firsthand from going to so all of fun. these screenings, the people that say, "Oh, that was shit," are the ones that were laughing their fucking asses yeah. off the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't dislike it, but it was just, and I'm like, well, 
what more do you want? Like it was, <laughs> right. it was really fun. Yeah. Who cares? Fun is the name of the game. Yeah. And speaking of fun, the fun is over. We've reached the end of the show. And uh, Ben, do you want to take us out this week? <laughs> Don't forget to give all the prompts, call to action, all call that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> Check us out on all kinds of social media. <laughs> we're on every we're on every platform, including the TikTok. That's we right. Love it if you watch us on TikTok. Like, share, <laughs> send to your stories, yeah. save, mm-hmm. download, interact, comment. That would be great. <laughs> GoodMovieMonday.com. Like a pro uh, is uh, the name of our website where you can find all of our stuff. Melzy, of course, is from Melbourne Horror Film Society. And uh, like you, I did plan my song based on the theme that I then kiboshed. <laughs> it was Tommy Tommy James and the Shondells dragging the line mm-hmm. from the Don't Tell Mum the Babysitter is Dead. Oh, I was but, wondering where it was from. But seeing as I've torpedoed it, that means <laughs> that means that we can play Dragon the Line, the REM cover from the Austin Powers <laughs> 2 soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, I f- like rarely would say this for these kind of songs, but I would say is the superior version. Mm, be of cool. the song. Yes. Be cool. <laughs> All right, let's play it. Thanks, Mousy. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. We'll do. Bye. Dragon the line.
Star Recommendations. <laughs>